This is what women in India believe about tattooing is they can uh, lose everything, but their tattoos are going to be with them till they die. So it's something nobody can stole from them. Print friends, and welcome to the 49th episode of Pine Copper Line, the internet's number one printmaking podcast. I'm your host, Miranda Metcalf. I release weekly podcasts with people in the print world who are doing something a bit beyond the expected. So please subscribe on your podcast listening app of choice. You can also find Pine Copper Lime on Instagram and Facebook. And you can sign up for our monthly newsletter with print news from around the world, all at pinecopperlime.com. We also have a Patreon page, where, if you like Pine Copper Lime and you want to help keep it on the air, you can throw a few bucks our way each month and help make a difference. And print heroes making that difference include people like the great Catherine Polk. For those of you who don't already know Catherine, she is a remarkable lithographer and was featured on episode 28 of Pine Copper Lime. So, when you're done listening to this one, treat yourself by heading back in the archive and listening to Catherine's story. And speaking of funds, there is an extremely important fundraiser going on as I speak to help save the historical home of Doc's Thrash. Doc's was, among many other accomplishments, the first African-American to be hired at the fine print shop of Philadelphia, and the co-inventor of the carborundum process. I'm actually going to be chatting with one of the coordinators from the project next week, more on that at the end of the hour, but I wanted to raise this at the top of the show to make sure everyone can follow the link in the show notes and help by donating or just by sharing to raise awareness about this project. My guest this week is Miriam. Miriam is a Spanish artist whose study of textiles got her an invitation to travel to India and learn traditional woodblock carving. She now travels the world with her woodblocks, using them as stencils for her hand-boked tattoo practice, as well as her textile arts. We'll talk travels, adornment, the similarities between fabric and skin, and the surprising historical and contemporary connections between printmaking and tattoos. So, without further ado... Sit back, relax, and prepare to learn how to leave your mark with Miriam. Hi, Miriam. How's it going? Hello. I'm pretty good here in Thailand. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. So you're um, you're a little bit stuck in Thailand. Not that there's the worst place to be stuck, but you've been there a little longer than you planned to, hey? Yeah, a little bit too much, I, I would say, because <laughs> I plan to stay here for three weeks. Now I'm here almost for three months. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm in a good place to be, but also missing my country, my, I don't know, my, my work, my, my normal life. But, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, I found your work, I think, just through Instagram. Because I love printmaking and I love tattoos. So I think the <laughs> algorithm just knew to put you in front of me. 
And I would love it, though, if you could maybe tell everyone who you are and what it is you do when you're not in the post-COVID world of lockdowns and all of that, when you're at home in Barcelona. Okay. Well, what I do is mostly tattoos. Mm-hmm. I work in a shop called Eclipse, and I used to live in Andalusia before, where I where I come from, and had a super big workshop of fabrics. So most of the time, I'm printing fabrics and doing tattoos. Now I'm not much into fabrics because I had to close my workshop, and I'm trying to. See setting a new one in Barcelona but yeah I continue slowly slowly doing both together as much as I can and when you're doing fabrics it's printing with woodblock as well is that correct yes it's the only thing I do mostly is (laughs) woodblock yeah yeah (laughs) I learned it in India and I practice it in in Spain yeah yeah so where did you grow up and what was the role of art like in that part of your life? Were you always an artist as a kid? Was your family artistic? I was born and raised in Andalusia, South of Spain. And I belong to a skilled manual workers and artist family hmm. where my grandfather was a painter and carpenter in Granada and my grandma was needlewoman so I consider myself Mm. as an artisan as well. Absolutely absolutely did you say your grandmother was like a a needlewoman is that what you described Mm. so was she like a a seamstress or? She was sewing clothes that was she was doing and yeah, I studied textile design, so I kind of follow her path. And then later, also with the wood, I had some connection, mm. <laughs> like my grandfather. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, so you have the carpenter and the seamstress, and so together, of course, yeah, woodblock yeah, on textile. It seems I have some influence <laughs> from, my, so. from my family. <laughs> But I didn't know in the beginning, yeah. Yeah. So how did you come to discover woodblock? Was that just during your trip to India? And how did you end up going there and finding it? Well, I think because I started with this uh, fabric design, but all I learned was mostly digital. Hmm. I learned also uh, the manual techniques but mostly digital. And slowly, slowly I discover myself like doing everything by hand. And I really don't know how. Hmm. I end up doing printing with the blocks. I think I start, because I started with uh, lino cuts, Mm -hmm. but then I wanted to go to the roots of printing Mm. And I discovered this technique in India. I met a woman in Paris who invited me to her house. She was Indian. 
and she took me to all these amazing factories of woodblock. Mm. I stayed there with the families, learning, and then I continued going year by year. And yeah, I completely fall in love with the process. Beautiful, yeah. So how did you come to printmaking to begin with? You said you started with lino cuts. Where were you introduced to that? It was not lino, but a kind of plastic material. I don't know the name Mm. in English. (laughs) And I think because I'm, as I told you, I consider myself an artisan. I try always to do things with my hands. Mm. And also work with natural materials Mm -hmm. is what I like. So it's a natural process I've been through, ending up working with these materials and with my hands. It makes me feel kind of uh, free and independent. Yeah. Is, do you think that's why you're drawn to work with natural materials? Is just that sense of kind of connection to tradition? Or why do you think that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, it's uh, like I always try to, it's like trying to understand traditions and searching for the roots in all I get involved is what took me there, I think. Mm -hmm. So when you were growing up in Spain, was there a connection to Spanish printmaking that you were aware of at all for you? Mm, no, mm. no. Um, in Spain, I could say that Madrid and Barcelona were the places where I can grow in a professional way. Mm-hmm. But definitely it's in India where I found myself and mm-hmm. kind of my mission. Yes. Mm-hmm. Also traveling to Marruecos, North Africa where there are still lots of artisans and people living, making their lives uh, from this, where I found a lot of inspiration. It sounds like you have been drawn to making and doing things with your hands for a long time. And I'm wondering what it is about that process that you think spoke to you that you knew you wanted to make your life around it? All people that work in this kind of process, like artisan things, doing things with their, with their hands, um, is something that comes super natural. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is... Uh, an answer because yeah. I, I don't know uh, I don't understand the question yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> no I think it makes sense what you're saying because it's I was just kind of asking you know why you were drawn to working with your hands and being an artisan and I think that you definitely answered it is that it's just it comes naturally like there are certain it- people who are born with the desire to make and to work and to do so not on their computer, but to do so with their hands. Yeah. Yes. It's something that just 
comes from inside is the way I can express myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. So how did you come to tattooing? When did you make the jump from doing woodcut for fabric to taking your woodcut blocks and putting them on bodies and making them into tattoos? It happens also, like I told you, I end up doing things with my hands. I knew I like fabrics. I knew I like to um, to work with natural materials. And then tattoo came because of a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. We were kind of collaborating together with my fabrics and his tattoos. Mm. Then he just gave, gave me the the idea. And now I I think like it's something I it was for me. I don't know how to explain. Now I feel like oh, wow how it's like I understand all the things I did before to arrive to this point. Hmm. This is really something I I really had to do, and it's it's quite connected because decoration applied to a cloth arose surely from the body ornamentation and mm. from the tattoo. So it's quite connected also in Berber tribes. They tattoo motifs from their carpets also. Mm. So traditionally is kind of connected, which I didn't know. But tattoo just came to me. Yeah, now I think is something that it was meant to be. Yeah, yeah, that it was kind of like, destiny that that it found you the tattooing yeah yeah Yeah. and it's super connected both like fabric and skin now in my work I Mm. I can't do uh, one without another that's it's so interesting what you're saying about that connection between tattooing and patterning on fabric I've never thought of it as being connected but of course it is it's all adornment right it's all people yes adding something to their physical bodies in order to express something to people who are seeing them yes that's yes. so interesting <laughs> exactly yeah that's so interesting <sighs> also the use of of natural materials you know some sometimes mm-hmm. i for fabrics i use kind of roots, leaves, uh, the pigments, which are also used as a medicinal plant. Hmm. And I find this super like interesting in Ayurvedic culture. Mm-hmm. And then I find like everything is, is connected hmm. mm-hmm. in s- some way. And the way that you do your tattoos... You don't use a, what we call a tattoo. I've, I've heard that like you don't call it a tattoo gun anymore. That that's, yeah. So it's like you don't use a, <laughs> a, a, a tattoo machine. You do everything by hand. Is that mm. right? Yes. Yeah, it's like the traditional tattoo uh, is. Yeah, I, the different ornament I compose to the final motifs are mm. carved into small wooden blocks that I use as stamps on people's skin. Mm-hmm. And the stamps has infinite combinations. 
And yeah, I do it by hand like women used to do. That's so beautiful. I, I've had tattoos done both by hand and with a tattoo machine. The ones that I've had done by hand, it's such a more pleasant experience because it's, it's quiet and I just, I love that. Mm-hmm. You don't get the, the kind of whine of the tattoo machine. You don't get the loud noise. It's just you yes. and the artist. <laughs> and it's just this, it's completely silent. And you just feel that like tap, 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 tap of the needle. And <laughs> it's, it feels so much more connected. Yes, exactly. You feel like closer to mm-hmm. the person, I don't know why, without this noise, maybe, or the machine in the middle, you feel, I feel more, more closer to, to the, to the people is mm-hmm. getting tattooed, maybe they feel the same. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a different ritual. Yeah. So you were, you were making textiles first, using woodblock. Yes. And then you made the jump to tattooing. Did you know right away that you wanted to use your woodcuts for the tattooing or did you start tattooing without your woodcuts and then later bring those in no no it all uh, started with the blocks Mm. first with kind of a play but then everybody start like asking me to get in tattoo Mm-hmm. And I end up doing it also as my profession. Yeah. But in the beginning, it was also with the blocks, just because I was working with them. So, yeah, the idea came and I believe in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then it happens. Yeah. So, what brought you to Thailand recently? Were you going to work? Were you going to learn? I came for work, mm. but in the end, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a new place because <laughs> I always uh, travel to India every year, mm-hmm. and then I decided to open a little bit more like uh, my uh, new places in Asia, and this one was one of the places I wanted to start working but yeah Mm. now I don't know anymore (laughs) (laughs) I hope that yeah I hope that you don't have to stop traveling I hope (laughs) that none of us have to stop traveling after all of this so hopefully we'll we'll get to continue to go places but it's it's such a strange time for people who have been used to getting to travel the world kind of easily comparatively up until now yeah now I'm trying not to plan anymore as I told you is well just day by day and Mm -hmm. we will see I I hope I can keep traveling I hope at least I can keep going to India but if I can't well let's see Yeah, I think day by day is a really good way of putting that. I think that's how a lot of us are living right now. I'd love it if you could talk a little bit about the actual manual process of tattooing, kind of how it compares to the process of making woodcuts. 
And do you see any similarities between making a mark onto someone's skin and making a mark onto cloth or onto actually carving the woodcut? I think both have similarities. Mm -hmm. Like they are something to beautify, Mm -hmm. can be your body or can be your house or whatever with the fabric. But the ritual of tattooing has something more special, I could say, because mm-hmm. it can change like the human experience in a specific moment in your life. Because mm. it's a ritual where you you can express like kind of a part of your inner truth in that moment. Do you think that that's true for you as the artist, as well as the person who's getting the tattoo? Yeah, it's more uh, like I feel sometimes like a bridge Mm -hmm. to somebody to express whatever they want to express with their skin decoration. Mm. So Mm -hmm. I'm there to help them to express what they want to express. Yeah, absolutely. So So when people come to you for a tattoo, you said you have these woodcut blocks that you can arrange in a whole bunch of different ways. Do they know what they want when they come to you for a tattoo? Or once they arrive, do you and your client kind of figure it out together? mostly of all the time we do it together mm-hmm. yeah they see the blocks and they maybe fall in love with one or two symbols they don't know why but they feel attracted to them mm-hmm. and then I I do the rest yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I make the composition I add or yes yeah, sometimes they don't even know where to get tattoo. So that's uh, why we are, all of us, there to try to help them Mm -hmm. uh, to get what they they like. So most of the time we do it together. They come, we see the blocks, and it's almost every session an improvisation with the blocks. Mm. So how many blocks do you think you have that you draw from? (laughs) Wow, I don't know. I have a lot. <laughs> I have three, four bags. Everybody, when when we are traveling, they tell me, yeah, but uh, you go, you don't need a machine. You go only with needles. And I said, no, no, no. I go with a tree on my back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm traveling with all my blocks and it's very heavy, even I more bet. than your machines. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This is something I have to figure out if I want to continue making blogs and continue traveling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe I have to choose some of them and then leave other at home and yeah. Yeah. I I have to think about this. <laughs> and those are all blocks that they're all blocks that you've carved yourself. I'm learning year by year mm. how to carve them. I go with the same man, my master, every mm-hmm. year. 
and I sit down next to him. He starts all the designs I, ge I give him, and he gave me uh, some of them, some of them to start, some of them to finish them. Uh, mm. I start with bi with bigger ones and then slowly, slowly I'm doing smaller. But it's not some it's something I, I don't think I'm gonna do because I don't have time. I do it only when I'm in India. Right. I would love to carve my blocks, but uh, doing fabrics, doing tattoos, doing blocks, and then you also have to do nice pictures and then the post <laughs> and then yeah too yeah, many yeah. Things you yeah. have to do so yeah I enjoy a lot uh, learning the process but maybe uh, ahead but not now uh, yeah they do there and I'm with there with them yeah mm -hmm. side by side yeah so how did you find, when you said that your woodblock master, the person who's teaching you in India, how did you find this person? Mm -hmm. <laughs> the same way I find, I find everything. I walk a lot. I ask a lot. Uh -huh. I meet so many people. In the end, I made good friends that they are from India and helped me every time mm. and it was asking everybody and walking a lot in yeah. in Rajasthan. <laughs> yes. Okay. I love that. Do you do you speak Hindi? No. No. <laughs> no, I'm not even understand. No. Yeah. I speak few words but no. It's something I would like to learn like you with Thai, yeah but yeah it's quite difficult and I also I need to find time and so where is it that you travel to in India where you found the people doing the woodblock for textiles it's in Rajasthan yes the tradition well there are tradition in other parts in India but I work in in Rajasthan it's a uh, small towns around city of Jaipur and there are um, there are families uh, dedicated to to print generation mm. after generation yes they learn and they live from printing so mm. all the all the town is dedicated to print yeah that sounds pretty incredible i'm thinking just like a whole town that knows about it's, the printmaking yeah it's amazing it's amazing seeing all the fabrics lying on the floor meters and meters all natural dyed um different colors yeah mm. different yeah super super cool that's so beautiful so do you know where those fabrics go? Do they turn into clothes in India? Do they get exported to Paris? What happens? Yes, they go everywhere. Mm. They they stayed in India and they also go a uh, wild uh, world. Yeah. But slowly, slowly it's the same as tattooing is. Because of us, the um, printing making, you say, is mm -hmm. arising. But it was about to disappear because young people don't want to work in the country with the fabrics anymore. They want to become doctors or they mm. want to 
uh, have like new technologies, jobs and yes, hard times for artisans. Yeah, I think it's really, it's a bit unfortunate that there seems to be this attitude that people have where they're think that because you do something with your hand it can't be good right like there's this idea of working with the hands and getting a craft doesn't have the same uh, social status as being as you said like a doctor or a computer programmer yes. or something like that yeah and was, yeah they find that you're very hard and yeah it's kind of hard you have to it's physical also you mm -hmm. have to stay in the sun you have to work with the fabrics uh, I I don't know it's it's really beautiful to hear you talk about this place in India that the whole town is printmaking and and in terms of making these blocks how beautiful yes and And yeah. they need like a lot of people to complete one process because mm. one is washing, one is printing, one is dyeing. So it's not a thing that one family do everything. They need everyone. The other ones are uh, carving the blocks. So it's a beautiful way of working. It's like a community, which mm. I love. I got a lot of inspiration on the way they collaborate together yeah absolutely I I think that that also is an interesting thing because when people think about art they often think about art as you know one person one kind of genius exactly yes you know it's yes. like you're you're Michelangelo you can do everything you know this kind of idea yes But other places and other traditions, they really, truly see it as a collaboration, which, of course, that's what exactly. it actually is. Because even if you're one person making art, you've been taught by someone or you've been mm -hmm. or someone has helped you when you didn't have any money and you were able to keep going because of them. It's any art making is collaboration and it's just a strange yes. kind of western idea yeah 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 true i think supporting each other is super powerful mm. but now we we miss that that's why i told you i can't do everything i wish i could collaborate with other people and make one thing but one thing all together could be nice but we are very individualistic mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, we like people really want that. Like, this is me, and I need my name on this, and it belongs to me because I made yeah. it. It's a completely different yes. attitude other places, which is, I think, so much more beautiful and more accurate. You know, it's truer. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I was curious about when it comes to the work that you do is about your images because they are quite simple but really beautiful. <laughs> and yes. And I think that simple images are harder. You know, because there's nowhere there's nowhere to hide with a simple image. You know, if you're trying to if you're trying to make something beautiful and it's made of six lines or seven lines and three dots, <laughs> you don't have any 
anything to to hide under it. It just has to be kind of raw and simple. And I don't know if you could talk a little bit to that process and if you feel that kind of pressure about the images you're making or how do you know when a tattoo design is good? Well, this is something I really like also of my work. It's like doing a lot with, like doing much with less is mm-hmm. well said. I have a big interest in the abstract and symbolic language shared by ancient cultures. It's not that I, all the symbols I have are symbols from Gujarat, Rajasthan, and also Berber tribes. So it's not my drawing. It's all borrowed from mm. from then, from rural settings. And all the symbols are related to nature, like seeds, animals, trees. And they have also religious symbols and... They are also like objects that they use in their day-to-day life. It's very simple. Mm. For them, it's more the place and the moment. The place in your body Mm. and the moment where they get tattooed. The rest is all about representing their their daily life. Also, they have caste symbols. So you can see where this person belongs from which tribe or from which religion you can also see if they are married Um, you can yeah also this is also I think I really like from fabrics in India too if you study a little bit the fabric culture in some villages of Rajasthan if you see the, the skirts of the woman you can you can if you understand the symbolism, you can see if they are married, if they are a wi- uh, widow, uh, which are their their jobs. Like if they collect flowers, it's also all the works related to country and village. Hmm. And they speak through their tattoos and they speak through their clothes also. It's something hmm. I, I really like. Well, that's such a, a beautiful illustration of that connection between the patterns on the clothes and the patterns on the skin and how they kind of are interchangeable like that. That idea that you could express who you are with your tattoo. And I think that's something that we have, you know, in Western countries where, of course, your tattoos express who you are. But it's almost more in an abstract way than what you're talking about, where it's this this is what caste I am, this is my marital status, like this is very concrete facts about yourself that can be expressed (laughs) through a tattoo. So that's so, that's so interesting. And so in India then, as you've experienced it, do people use woodblocks as a pattern for their tattoos? Is the the way that that Mm. you do as well? No. No, they don't. No, but 
uh, when I start tattooing, mm -hmm. I start reading a lot about tribes and cultures of tattooing. And I realize in Borneo, they used to do the same. They would, they cut uh, the wood, carve mm -hmm. the design on the on the wood, and make it a stencil. Mm. That's why I wanted to to approach uh, to Borneo like traditional tattoo. Now mm. I'm very curious to know how they did before, because it's kind of similar idea. Maybe, uh, I don't know, I have to go and figure out yeah. why I'm doing wooden <laughs> blocks and, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I have some connection with Borneo and I don't know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, your past life, yeah. You... <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting. So one of the things that I think about when I see your tattoos is that I've read that traditional tattoos, the way we see them, so sort of, which borrow a lot from Japan, that that traditional Japanese tattooing came from woodblock printmaking in Japan as well. It uh -huh. had that kind of same look. So this connection between yes. woodblock and tattoos actually seems to be quite old, or at least... At least, yes. yeah, yeah. So you 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 know that, and you've experienced that yourself, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know anything about tattooing. No, yeah, this is like I I discovered later mm. that this way of making tattoos already exists. But for me, as I told you, it started like a yeah, like a a game printing people, my friends, with the blocks, mm -hmm. and then tattooing them. Yeah. Yes. When you're doing tattooing, do you have a favorite place to tattoo someone? Like that someone says like, oh, like I want the back of my hand or I want my shoulder. Do you have a some place that you get really excited about in terms of placement? No, I no? don't have. <laughs> but I'm, but what, what I have is, is the opposite. I, all, I love all the parts uh -huh. of the body to tattoo. Every everyone is like um oh, I don't know the word. It's okay. Is it like it's like a new challenge or a new landscape? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Challenge. Yeah. Challenge. Yeah. That's the word I, I was looking mm -hmm. for. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, there are parts which is not that I don't like, but makes me very nervous, like mm. neck. Mm. or face mm. even hands sometimes yeah because yeah. it's a bit difficult and it's a big responsibility to me yeah. but I love to do anywhere yeah so when people come to get tattooed from you when you're mm -hmm. at Eclipse Tattoo in, in Barcelona so you're not in this strange uh -huh. space we're all in right now do you Generally, they they know you and they know how you work with the woodblocks. And so they they come in kind of wanting that process. Is that correct? Yes, it's exactly like this. They come because they know how I work. But they also have a lot of questions. <laughs> they feel like. But you choose the block, I choose the block, how yeah. do you work, how, how is the process? Yeah. So I tell them, don't worry. 
send me something you really like so I can I can understand what you are looking mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. then come and we chat and we end up doing something they like yeah how long does it usually take to tattoo someone I'm, I'm sure that varies on how big the tattoo is but does the whole process yes like the talking and all it's of that also how long is that Depending on the place of the body also is not the same doing a tattoo on the arm as I told you on on the neck mm, is mm-hmm. a bit difficult and sometimes they come the uh, days uh, before to get tattoo mm. and if they live in Barcelona and we chat they see the blocks. Uh, so they they don't come nervous the first time without hmm. seeing uh, anything and without knowing anything. So most of them, they come before. But when they come and see the blocks, almost all of them decide very fast and they hmm. trust for the rest, hmm. the rest of the process. We can be maybe five hours I don't know. I, mm. I can't tell you like how long it takes because it depends on a lot of things. Like placing the the stamps on the body, sometimes it takes more time than tattooing. Yeah, having having been tattooed a couple of times myself, I can speak to the fact that yeah, sometimes the placement can be twice as long as the actual like physical yes, tattooing because yes. it's it's so important it's so important and but I know that you know speaking as a as a tattoo patron it means so much to have an artist take that kind of time and and that understanding that where this is going on your body it's going to be forever yeah and that's a big responsibility <laughs> It is, it is, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so sometimes what I do is one appointment in the morning, one in the evening, mm. and trying to have, really trying to have time for for that person because you never know uh, what's going to happen, how long it's going to take. I, I can't tell you, yeah, five hours for one hand, Mm. maybe but yeah <laughs> i can't really tell you how long it takes so as as someone who it you know it doesn't sound like you sort of set out to be a tattoo artist it sounds like it's something that kind mm-hmm. of just found you yes so you maybe didn't grow up thinking that you were going to have this permanent effect on people's lives the way tattoo artists do (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) Um, no is how do you kind of handle that sort of stress I guess about the fact that you're forever you're forever changing someone do you think about that I'm sure you do yeah but because also I'm tattooed Mm-hmm. And I, f- I feel kind of the other way around. Like it's not stressful 
maybe in the beginning it, it was because you are learning and this is not a paper, it's not a mm. fabric, you are mm-hmm. learning on the skin and it's forever. So in the beginning, the stressful part was maybe the technique or the the result, the end, no, the final mm-hmm. uh, result of the of the tattoo. But uh, in the end, what I feel is that I make people happy, <laughs> like yeah. when I get tattoo also. So it makes me feel more more good than than stressful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Yeah, because you know, like I said, someone like I'm. I have tattoos as well, and I always feel so good after getting a new tattoo. And I bet that yeah. <laughs> that you probably feel that too as the artist. Is it's this it's this mm-hmm. mutual good feeling, like even with all the stress kind of leading up to the moment of it, of placement and everything. I'm sure when the person looks at the tattoo and is really happy, that that must make you feel really good as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the end, I see the that the the people ends up super happy mm-hmm. in the session so it's kind of makes me feel the same for them yeah <laughs> also it makes me feel super good doing my my work so yeah it's not a stressful at all i really <sighs> i really like hearing that because i think that there are very few jobs that people have that change someone's life forever every day you know, like everything that they're doing, like is part of the job, they're changing someone's life. But it, yes. it completely makes sense that you'd feel happy with your clients feeling happy. And I just, <laughs> I'm just really glad to hear that because I haven't thought about that before. But of course, that would be a huge part of kind of the roller coaster of tattooing would be the 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 worry and the placement and getting it quite right and then the making and then at the end when everybody feels that kind of release of happiness when they see it you can all share in that together yes yeah yeah there are also people that put uh, some kind of intention in their tattoo and mm. because um, they want to express uh, something personal so mm. I'm also happy to be there to help them with this kind of ritual or process of tattooing. Yeah. Why do you think tattoos make people so happy? Because <laughs> they definitely make me happy every time. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a question. <laughs> uh, it also makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think there are different reasons also mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. people get tattooed as uh, we've been talking like sometimes it's because they want to beautify mm-hmm. their body and of course this makes people happy because you feel better with mm-hmm. yourself and even also if you want to express something personal like more ritualistic tattoo mm-hmm. or there are a lot of people who comes with personal reasons mm. that they want to get tattoo 
So it's like um, a way to pass through this personal moment mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they express express it uh, by the tattoo. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. That definitely makes sense because I know that one of the big things and the big reasons that people get tattoos is in memorial of someone who's died. I know that that's a really big one. And so this idea that it's a moment that you're trying to mark yeah, somehow. important that, moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it means a lot to you. And yeah. you, and, and you're, you're, you have a lot of really strong feelings, either positively or negatively about it. And that a way to kind of express that is to get a tattoo about it because mm -hmm. there is that sense of I think particularly when people are in the really deep part of grief that they understand that that grief attaches them to the person who's gone and but they also understand that the grief will fade and that if they can kind of hold on to that they can definitely do it through tattoo I think is part of the reason people yes. do it yeah it's about marking something special on your skin forever mm -hmm. I've always thought that part of the reason why I've loved getting tattoos and being tattooed is that it feels like this body that we came into the world with it's just borrowed you know you have to give it back to the earth at the end of everything yes. and it's it's almost a way of saying like like I was here this was mine for a little while and I made this decision <laughs> about it <laughs> and I changed it in this way yeah true and yeah and this is my story also in my skin yeah then when I'm gone the story also disappear with my mm -hmm. body <laughs> yeah absolutely there's there's definitely been that that sense of of it is here as long as I am here and that connection between the tattoo and one's ultimate mortality one's ultimate death mm -hmm. is really interesting to me because it is it is wed to you in this yes. way this is what uh, women in india mm. uh, believes about tattooing is something like um, they can uh, lose everything but uh, their tattoos are gonna be with them till they die. Hmm. So it's something nobody can stole from them. That's such an interesting point. I've never thought about it that way, but it's so true that you you know you can you can buy yourself a fancy new back book or a house or a car, and all of that you can lose, but. When yes. you invest in tattoos, it's like, okay, this image is going to be my <laughs> companion. Yeah. yeah, forever. Forever, yeah. That's so interesting. I don't know if you've ever 
gotten to go to uh, Australia or Tasmania, but there is a museum just outside of Hobart on an island called the Museum of Old and New Art. And one of the exhibitions there is just of a man called Tim, and it's his back tattoo. And he just sits in the museum and basically meditates for eight hours a day while people come and see his tattoo. And when he dies, his skin is donated to the museum. And it's... Whoa. Isn't that interesting? Like, it's so... so yes. I think I was in Hobart, maybe. At one point, uh, my husband and I were in Hobart. We went to Mona. And it's got all kinds of different art in it. But that living display of the tattoo was probably the most powerful piece there. And knowing that you're meant to just see it as this work of living art. And then this idea that it's going to live beyond the canvas is really interesting as well. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. So if you... <laughs> if you come to Australia and Tasmania, you'll definitely have to go see it because it's, it's really, yeah, it's really quite interesting, um, this person. So Yeah, I would love to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Well, we're coming kind of to the, about to the end of the hour recording mark, but I would love it if before we sign off, you could tell people where they can find your work, where they can see the blocks and the tattoos and maybe look into getting work from you someday. Where can they find you online? They can find me in Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's um, Woodblock Tattoo. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yes. Uh, <laughs> or they can come to Barcelona to Eclipse Tattoo. Yes. <laughs> Do you um, do you travel much for tattooing? Do you get to go to different tattoo conventions where people can find you, or do you mostly stay in Barcelona? I mostly stay in Barcelona, but I travel also not in conventions, but other shops. Mm. Okay. So yeah, I go Germany, uh, yeah, Europe, mm. and Asia. I was mostly in India, now Thailand, but. Who knows Who if knows? I'm gonna be able. Right, you said. If we all are gonna be able, yeah, to to travel again. Yeah, as you said, we're not making plans. You're not making plans right now. No, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Well, well, I just I would really really like to thank you for joining me to have the conversation. It's been really beautiful to connect with you and hear a bit about your story and thank you so much for just taking the time and for doing it in English I wish I could speak <laughs> Spanish as well as you spoke English so <laughs> oh. <laughs> well next time yeah I'm gonna improve my English I promise <laughs> next time we will do it <laughs> Well, I would, I would In love it. Better conditions. Yeah, I would love <laughs> thank it. You, thank you, thank you so much for inviting me. Really, uh, oh, thanks. It's been really, really beautiful to talk to you, <laughs> and 
I really hope that we can uh, meet sometime, whether it's in, in Thailand or Spain or, or wherever it is. Me too. I would love to meet you. Well, that's our show for this week. Make sure to join me next week when my guest will be Maya Thompson. Maya is a coordinator in that fundraiser to save Doc Thrash's home in Philadelphia. We'll talk about Doc's contributions to printmaking, the importance of preserving African-American historical sites, and how Maya is going about raising the $100,000 to save this artist's house. And just a little bonus Easter egg announcement for those of you who have listened this far into the episode. Pine Copper Lime is also doing an exciting announcement next week, and perhaps an even more exciting giveaway. So, believe me when you say, you won't want to miss it. This episode, like all episodes, was written and produced by me, Miranda Metcalf, with editing help from Timothy Pauschak and music by Joshua Weber. I'll see you next week. <laughs>